0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Alright everybody, this is DJ Impact instead of Matt Michaels. Matt Michaels is uh he's out, but hey, he's put everyone in good hands. I'm with the owner and founder. Of create or I say creator. There you go. Of FSW, Joe DeFalco. Hey man, how you doing? I'm doing
1: great. Hopefully uh you're not Lou Gehrig.
0: <laughs> Matt, who? Not to be. Matt Who? Matt <laughs> Who. Exactly. No, but um man, a lot's been going on. And um I know you're gonna let us know all about it. I know you had a big event that uh took place this past weekend but high Hy- uh, high Octane. Tell me how how you feel about that show. Uh, You know,
1: it, we just came off at the end of the month. In reality, Day of Reckoning was like a pay per view, mm-hmm. and it was a casino show. We just happened to do it at the FSW Arena. Okay. And, you know, the numbers were through the roof. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the best attended events that we're going to have until next uh, Saturday when we have the GCW FSW show. Right. But, You know, I had gone away, so I was gone for like five days. So I'm trying to push everything and promote it and trying to figure everything out because, in reality, this show that just happened was the last true FSW show until our anniversary on June 18th. Mm. You know, usually we don't go six weeks, and it isn't like we're not doing shows, but we're loaded. Where FSW is doing a bunch of stuff on the Saturday, but it has nothing to do with the FSW storylines. Right. We're doing the joint show with GCW. We're doing a 25 and under tournament legends rise with the best young talent throughout the United States. Right. Uh, even my son's got the show on the Sunday afternoon.
0: Oh (coughs) so
1: it was important that we were able to solidify some things on the 13th. -hmm. That way, when we gear up for the anniversary. You know, we had some things kind of in place, but now we set them in stone. And after what happened, uh, it, it was a really good bridge show. It was it was a good show. Right. You know, and, you know, you don't like to take away from anything, you know, on the bigger shows. But this one did what it needed to do. We had some really good matches. Uh, we And we set up things that we're going to set up for the anniversary where we're already ready to go. And hopefully, you know, on Sunday, we'll be four weeks out. So, I was told at the Silverton, that's when they like to push. 30 days, they'll get stuff on the marquee. So, now we're in rush mode because we also have big shows next week. So, you know, the high octane, we didn't have, uh, per se, let's say, like, Ice Williams and Braxton. and. The heavyweight champion wasn't there. The tag champions wrestled the regulators. And okay. uh, Gregory Sharp was there. So we were able to set things up. Chris Bay made an appearance and made a huge announcement. So we definitely needed that show uh, to get us over the hump. So people, you know, right. because FSW is a storyline-based company. Right. You know, we can do FSW GCW every year and, and do cool matches and that's just what they are. But I don't know if it draws as well on a normal Saturday night when Aew's in town and GCW's in town Friday night, we already know we've already sold. we never do two rows on the entire sides. We do the one row up against the wall. Now we have to move up and move up. So we have three second row set up. So our front row, we're going to be moving out the commentary table, things like that. So, you know, we know that's going to be a crazy show. But the anniversary show is going to be where all the the regulars, you know, hopefully a lot of people who haven't come as often. You know, the anniversary is kind of our big deal. You know, to us, that's, that's our biggest show of the year. Gotcha. So we want to make sure that everything's in place. You know, all the titles will be on the line. Yeah. We got grudge matches. We we have our cash in the case ladder match that we always do every anniversary show. So you know, we're really looking forward to the anniversary. But there's so much happening beforehand that we can't overlook it. So let me ask
0: you this though: so everything that happened in High Octane is going to lead up to the the eight the uh, June eighteenth anniversary show, is there any part of the storyline that can kind of lap at all within like the GCW show coming up or, it, or other shows even even between? Is there a possibility for the storyline to kind of yeah overcome?
1: yeah you, you know there there always is mm-hmm. uh, right now you know we have the tag title matches set it's going to be the Bullet Club against mm-hmm. the faction yeah okay that's a strong one uh, I'm looking that one. <laughs> So Gregory Sharp not only will defend against Clutch in a rematch, but we upped the stakes, and we added uh, Jacob Austin Young and Remy Marcel, and we're making that a four-way.
0: Nice. Okay. So,
1: so you got former all former champions in that match. Yeah. Uh, Danny Limelight, man, he's been really destroying the young, the young prodigy Bodie. So he's got yeah. the opportunity one-on-one at the biggest show of the year to, uh, to try and become the No Limits champion. And, yeah. you know, we saw that. There was a tag match with Kenny King, who made his first appearance in the arena in uh, over six months. So, you know, he was doing commentary when they tried to beat down Bodie, Jay Bidal, and and Danny Limelight. They have formed a uh, very dynamic duo, you mm. know. So it's interesting to see. And as you say, right now, Ice Williams vanquished Nick Xander. so wow, okay. In, so in the storyline world of FSW, mm-hmm. right now there is no set number one contender for Ice Williams, <laughs> and that's our heavyweight champion. Right, and we've made some calls. We're trying to get in some big name guys, and you know, we know at the Mecca we had uh, Team Filthy involved with the faction, and uh, mm-hmm. Team Filthy won. Uh, we, we were trying to hit up uh, Tom Lawler as a possibility and he's working the prestige show that Saturday. So we're kind of scrambling around because he's our heavyweight champion. We need to have a marquee match. Right. So there's definitely the possibility because the faction uh, will be part of a Team FSW. Unfortunately, Fresco and This time, Fresco and Watson won't be here. Last time, Fresco and Watson were the two that were here. So we were going to do a four-on-four FSW-GCW match, and we still are. But right now, the question becomes who the fourth guy is. Gregory Sharp's been added. So it's going to be Ice Williams, Braxton, and Sharp. We were going to do all the champions that we could as part of the four guys. So Right. right now, we're looking for a fourth member to team up with the faction against the Mazizos who are three-time GCW tag champions, uh, Cole Radrick and Jimmy Lloyd. And so that's going to be a little bit crazy kind of matchup right
0: there. Yeah. So,
1: and the idea is there's going to be a lot of FSW talent. There's going to be a lot of GCW talent at that show. And, You never know uh, who might be looking for an opportunity to take out the champ. So, you know, (laughs) right there is a a strong possibility that, you know, we we might find Ice's opponent that weekend.
0: Right. Wow. (laughs) Hopefully Ice will be ready, (laughs) you know, because any one of them, man, from from the crew, I mean, they – they could come with it. And, and the
1: bottom line is Braxton has to cash in. He has one year.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: So he has to cash in. And we're also having another cash in the case ladder match. So the question becomes how crazy we, we might have two cash ins in the same night. <laughs> Never before seen in, in professional wrestling history.
0: That's right. That's right. Wow. Man, this might actually be something that you need to uh, attend. You know, you've got to attend this show of anything so you can see what could come out of this, or at least watch it on, um, what is it, Fight Plus now?
1: Fight Plus, man. It's only eight bucks a month, and there's literally a hundred shows a month that you can watch for the eight bucks. Every GCW show, Black Label, we have our show, The Legend Show, even Ben's running a show, our referee and oh, okay yeah i'm sure i don't believe that one will be on but we have our guy ed in san antonio is doing his uh fifth women's show at the okay. fsw arena and that's going to be aired live on Fight plus also so we got about we got one two three the natural born killers on saturday four we got five events that is just this weekend so you're paying a dollar fifty a
0: pay-per-view wow yeah that's 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 a good that's a good value right there
1: even that can afford that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now let me ask you though. Now, every th- I've always known fight as being fight TV, and as I was looking at some transitions they made, it seems to be fight plus. Is there really any difference between the two? Or yeah, because
1: uh, we're we're on fight TV. Fight plus is an extension to where I guess they saw the. The groundwork that IWTV did. There's a new one called Premiere Streaming Service that recently Freddie Prinz Jr. bought in on. Okay. And the thing was, Fight TV was a lot of free, maybe, you know, a lot of companies would do their weekly shows, put it on there for free, and then they would sell their pay per views for like 15 bucks. But the problem Mm -hmm. is, for us at least at that time, was, you know, we would do an okay number, yeah. but those numbers dropped significantly once Black Label Pro, Revolver, mm. you know, def- all, all these companies right ended up going on Fight Plus. And now it's kind of based off your minutes. And the way the pay per view model worked was it was a $15 pay per view. And after cost, we would make $6 a pay per view. Okay? okay. And the numbers dropped you know, 70, 70% over the last three or four shows. Because mm-hmm. why are you paying $15 for one pay-per-view no matter how good it is when you could pay $8 and watch 100 pay-per-views?
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I had to make a decision and it's like, well, I'm paying D'Lo lo Brown to come in and do commentary and there's more people at the arena and I'm talking about casino shows because that's normally going to be more. Right. But there's more people at our FSW arena than are watching a pay-per-view. So why, why would I want no people to watch D'Lo Brown commentating a really good show? Right. So now we aired on Fight Plus where people already have subscribed and I heard the numbers were, since GCW expanded from last year, the numbers have gone up over 200% of the subscribers. Gotcha. So we did our numbers. We did close to a 1,000 people watching watching the show over like a four-day period. And, of course, the majority are watching the day of as it's happening. And we saw right. the live views. So now – we're reaching out to more people who may never have been aware of FSW.
0: Makes sense, yeah.
1: So hopefully we can find that fan, and then down the line when we're looking to hopefully expand one day to go to California, go back to Arizona, right? You know, I've had an open invitation to go do the showboat in Atlantic City where GCW runs, but it's way too costly without having the brand name to right. go out there because anybody could book a show. But if I'm booking FSW, my main guys, the Remy Marcells, the the Matt Vandegriffs, the Jay Vidal's, mm-hmm. Chris Bay, sure. Hammerstone, sure. Those guys have na- na- national value. But what about the hardcore, long-term FSW guys? Mm-hmm. That's pretty expensive to be flying eight or ten of them in there. Sure. Because that's more than what their rate's going to be. You know, <laughs> right. you're, you're, you're talking – you know, instead of if I could do the same show and I did it in Atlantic City, it would probably be three or four times the amount of me doing it in Vegas, where at least I know I got a fan base. Right. So it's like right now is not the right time. I could do a show in Atlantic City that I think can draw, but it's like using Matt Cardona and Rhino and now I'm using three FSW guys in 17. So it's more like a Mecca right and now i'm trying to just get in guys closer to there for travel but now it's not an fsw show so you don't know what my product is it's just me going over there to do a show sprinkled in with a couple of guys they may not know of because they're longtime fsw guys who haven't really broken out into the national market
0: right makes sense well it's only a matter of time, Joe. You, you, you eventually will, will, will get there, and you, you'll be, you have your people over there in the East Coast, and start making a big name for yourself.
1: You know, I always feel that if we can get people to come to our show, they're going to like what they see. Yeah. You know, wrestling has changed those so much. There's so much structure is different, and what what appeals to people, and you almost have to like find this new, you know and. Like Brock Lesnar, the, the next big thing, that, that's mm-hmm. what it is in wrestling. It's like, we're, we're traditional. We're, we, we run a PG-13 wrestling product that has good stories, production's pretty good, mm-hmm. great for an indie company, but if we're going to compare it to WWE or, or AEW, you, you, you know, we're, we're on the bottom floor. So we have to get people that are hot, people that they care about. You see so many different companies. And what made GCW break out? Well, the pandemic. They decided, screw the pandemic. They were going to run in different cities that were starving for wrestling. And Ring of Honor decided, we're done. We're not doing anything. Right. So first they dominated the East Coast. And we're doing the shows in Philly and Jersey and New York and Maryland and up, up and down the East Coast. And then it was like, hey, let's go to Chicago. Hey, let's go here. Well, there's nothing else going on. And they come, And the thing is, it's like, oh, well, you know, they're come and go. They're a deathmatch company. Well, that's great. But look at the Nick Waynes and the Jordan Olivers mm-hmm. and, and 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 the rest of the crew. They've mixed in so much. We like to mix in much, but they mix in a lot of the deathmatch stuff and they can do that own show. And they do the blood sports show. And they do so many different things that they made themselves so relevant that, you know, working with them is great business for us.
0: Right. It makes sense. With having a lot of the names now that come from fsw that are part of the bigger promotion uh solo sokoa carrying cross zoe starks or even chris bay over at impact um are are you finding that there is a lot more interest and um and people wanting to know more about the fsw brand itself i mean i know you even have this show coming up uh this thursday which is the um uh legends show right legends rise yeah future legends future legends is is these names helping build the name of Future Stars of Wrestling? People want to know more about this company, how to be a part, and see themselves maybe getting to that level of a WWE or Impact or even AEW.
1: Well, I always prided myself. When I first started putting the wrestling shows together, my goal wasn't to be like, hey, let me find 20 guys from Las Vegas that wrestle, and I'm going to do a show. No, my, my thought process was, Buffalo Jim used to run shows in town, and I thought, wow, I, I, can, I can do better than this. Used mm-hmm. a lot of students who may not have been ready, didn't really use a lot of people. And, you know, there was sprinklings of good things, but it was more about the Buffalo show instead mm-hmm. of the wrestling show.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when we decided – we decided at one point – you know before FSW had its first show in 2009, I created something called Vegas Extreme, and on those shows, we were using talent because there was a Nevada Athletic Commission controlled wrestling, so I couldn't do a paid show unless I had paramedics on duty, ambulance, licensing. All, all, <laughs> you know, you right, basically right. had to be Don King to do a show. I couldn't do a school show because it was like five thousand dollars out the door before you even brought anybody in.
0: Wow! Yeah.
1: So we did those shows, and crazy enough, and this was in the two thousand. Uh, Mike Knox, who became a WWF guy, uh, Derek Nightkirk was another WWF guy. He was Hayman Security after one of the Bashams got fired. He was in developmental for a long time. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Snuka Jr., who was Deuce, he was one of our guys. Uh, Ace Steele, who I just got heard got hired back from AEW because we had mm-hmm. friends from uh, Chicago.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Bison Smith, who passed away, uh, he was big in Japan and Puerto Rico. He came out of Mike Modest's school, as well as Modest and all that. And we tried something like that in 1999, 2000. And Funny Bone even wrestled some some of those shows uh, back then. Yeah. And I always prided myself on finding good talent. So when we officially did FSW in 2009, I had known Kenny because after Tough Enough, he went over to Rush's school that I got involved with where we did the Vegas Extreme shows. Mm-hmm. So I knew Kenny well. He was another part of the, the product. And then uh, I was scouring the internet, and I seen these guys, the Young Bucks. I'm like, wow, these fuckers are good. You know, <laughs> And I got them in, and I'll always remember. You know, I paid seventy-five bucks each to get the young bucks, and they wrestled the Cutler brothers, who Brandon Cutler, who is part of that, because these right. guys were like best friends growing up in Victorville or whatever. Yeah. And you know, we used you know some other talent, but it was always you know a Ryan Taylor. He was originally booked for my first show. Uh, Chimera, who became uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. Oh. The mouthpiece to Alberto Del Rio, yep. mm-hmm. you know he ended up canceling because there was a show locally, and now he tries to get booked. I'm like, yeah, it ain't happening. You cancel <laughs> me a week before my show to work a local show, right? But the, but the story was always trying to gather get get people in. Yeah, and then I remember I got a message from Brian Cage, 2009. So we did our first show at the at the SWAT Meet where the Young Bucks were. and then we were trying to now we ended up going to the silver nugget and then i found brian cage and then i found sean ricker who became eli drake who is now la Knight, and the the reno scum were with us from
0: okay years
1: before they ever did anything so i always felt confident that i could give people a really really good show that if you saw an fsw show without knowing who was on the card you pretty much knew there was going to be some good people on there that you had never seen or heard from. Sure. So as the years, you know, we would bring in a Eugene. We brought in Superfly Snooka, the Godfather, which would get the casual fans who may not want to check out independent wrestling. Yeah. And, and it helped us. And the Silver Nugget helped us get Samstown, And we got that room for free back in the good old days. Nice. Because they, they saw what we brought to the table. Which then, in turn, made the Silverton give us money to go do shows there. Wow. That don't happen anymore, and we're going back to the Silverton. But even till the last show we did at the Silverton, we never paid to be in there. They took the the food and drink, and we took the door. And Mm -hmm. everybody was content and happy with that situation. So, you know, going back, Solo Sokoa. One thing about FSW is... In Vegas, of course, every you know, wrestling fans know who FSW is. Yeah, and we have a reach outside of FSW and Vegas and different cities and stuff. But our biggest reach is because is from the other wrestlers. So Ooh. we have a great reputation in NorCal because guys like the Reno Scum and Brian Cage, man, you need to work in FSW. Right, and even later on when Solo Sokoa. And he's hanging out with his dad at Knox Pro. Yeah. Toa Leona came knocking on my door. Like, hey, Sepha said, you know, this is the place I got to be.
0: Right, yeah. It was
1: like, hey, I get you're a big dude and you're probably making more money. But if you're going to work here, this is what I need from you. And this is what I'm going to be able to give you. Yeah. But because we built up a great reputation amongst the wrestlers.
0: Right, yeah. Because...
1: They know they're going to get good matches. Look at the current roster now. We've added Royce and Jarrell again after they've gone on to really big things. And Danny Limelight's almost on every show. Right. To where, unless he's got a conflict, FSW. And, yeah, he loves hanging out in Vegas and hanging out at the day pools because we lost them a couple of shows ago. We met Bay and and Kenny King at the day pool. And we're like, where'd Limelight go? And the show's, like, about to start in 30 minutes. But (laughs) – those guys Man. come in the Hammerstones who still work for me. Right, they are so loyal, and they're willing to work for a fraction of what they would work elsewhere. Just right. like, no different than when Sammy Callahan runs a show, and guys like Rich Swan and Wentz and, right. and Jake Christ and all those guys. they of course they got the the Sammy Price. Our right. guys got the Joe Price, and GCW guys who aren't bitter and left have the Brett price to where he's, but he's going to book them eight times a month. So you're going to work for less. Yeah. But I get emails. I get messages every single day from wrestlers, trainees. Hey, I got a year of experience. It's like, yeah, come back at another time. You know, we have to let some know, Hey, I'm from Florida. I love to come out. It's like, dude, you have no name value in Vegas. You may be great, but I can't spend $500 on a flight for you. You know what I mean? It's like right. if you make your way out to Vegas and your stuff looks great, that's what we have, the future shocks and the new talent initiatives. And when you see that, a lot of these guys, they 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 get here on their own. Okay, It's the same thing when we did it last time with the AEW weekend. Did they come in just for FSW? No. But some of these guys on the Future Legends show, they're getting – they're getting opportunities at Rampage, AEW, um, whatever. The Jared Diaz, who's been on that show numerous times. And Robert Martyr, and Eli Knight and Richard um, King. And yeah. all these guys have great buzz from where they're from. Right. And now they're coming over here. So if you hadn't seen him before, man, Thursday night, it's going to kill. You know, we got, I couldn't even do it with 12. I had to go to 13. And it's like, there would have been 15. But Nick Wayne is in Europe. He was going to be in the tournament. Okay. And Commander was going to be in the tournament. When okay. when Jimmy Lloyd had his birthday show at our arena, which couldn't have been more than two or three months ago. Okay. Yeah. We had locked in Commander. I asked Brett, yeah, he's going to be here. We're good yeah. to go. And then all of a sudden, a week later, he's on AEW. Then he ends up getting the match with Vikingo. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like the dude got signed. And it's like he's making one last appearance for GCW in Vegas, and and we can't get him. So we wanted to stack this as much as we can. So we got some GCW talent, uh, the West Coast talent. Jay Baidal's another guy who would have been on the show. But Impact is taping that weekend. Mm, Okay. You know, I could have did a 24-man, two-night tournament.
0: (laughs) For the tournament, when you win that tournament, what do you what do you get out of it?
1: Well, we have been working with a company called Future Legend Apparel. Okay. And Future Legend Apparel uh, sponsors a lot of wrestlers in the business. Uh, they even currently sponsor Austin Theory. And he sponsored Theory since he was like 18 years old. And wow. he would okay. give them like a monthly stipend. And in exchange, you wear their clothing and you go on the shows future legend future legend Matt Vandergriff is now a proud uh sponsoree uh Casey Navarro and that was the easy way to get him from the tournament because he's also a future legend guy uh Hunter James young kid 20 years old out of Atlanta he's right. a future legend guy and he came up with he sent me and he had this belt really nice a, a, a red belt with with silver and with a big FL future legend champion okay and i'm thinking hey i got an idea you know i'm always priding myself we're future stars of wrestling you're future legend what would you think about doing a joint show together that you sponsored and we do a tournament AEW weekend when we can get the maximum value of having people in town to see it and I want to put together a tournament. And he's fantastic, Frank. It's like, you do it all, Joe. You just let me know what I need to do. Right. And I book it. He made a couple of recommendations. Like I said, to Hunter James, we were looking at getting Kerry Morton, but it just wasn't uh, feasible at that point. Like I said, there's so much great young talent. And what's funny is he sent me the belt, which is great. And then he goes, hey, I'm working on the new belts." And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so he is going to be debuting. I saw it. And okay. this one's even better. It has the FSW logo, the future legend in writing, and then the FL in the middle as part of the plate. Oh, okay. And I, get, I, I can't wait to see it. He's going to be here uh, for the event also. So I'm really looking forward. But it's not an FSW title. We got more than enough FSW titles. So this is a future legend championship. My goal is to have the winner go out and defend the future legend championship in different promotions around the country.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So, you know, we get along with so many people that, you know, we see it now. It's like uh, Jordan Oliver. He's going to be defending the Jersey The Jersey Pro, uh, whatever it's called, uh, show at at my son's show. So he is going to wrestle there, and he's going to defend the title. And hopefully the winner of the title on Thursday who wins the championship, well, you know, Saturday night or Sunday, maybe he'll defend the Future Legend Championship at one of our shows. but I'm going to make my calls to Arizona where I know Dom and best of the West with Mike Mm Green, and guys that, uh, Frank from future legend knows in Florida. And, you know, as a traveling belt, it's, it's going to be, it's a, it's a good thing because a younger talented guy, you know, take a look at that list. Casey Navarro is probably the most known Jordan Oliver, but, you know the guys that are really really good richard king matt vandergriff bodie all these guys they're not going to get a lot of people to fly them across the country to wrestle an independent wrestling match right but if we say hey we got this guy and the future legend is going to is going to cover the flight for you would you be willing to use him on the show and now he'll that that future legend because of us is going to get more opportunities right? throughout the United States and who knows where. You know, hey, GCW, Brett, you're going to be in L.A. Is it cool if uh, we do a future legends match on your show?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea, man. They got the future uh, stars as a wrestling name on the belt as well, so that helps uh, another thing that helps get the name out there as they're traveling. So why not?
1: Yeah, and, and that's the most important thing. It's getting that brand awareness. You know, yeah. the more people that know, you know, I've seen some people run some some great shows, but nobody in the world knows about it. So who the hell's is coming? Right. Oh, yeah, nobody.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. So, of course, we have AEW's uh, Double or Nothing that's going to be uh, coming out next weekend. And that weekend, man, that Saturday, I mean, you're busy. I'm seeing Blackjack Rumble. That's going to be about 3 p.m. at FSW Arena. Then, of course, you got the FSW versus GCW 2 going on at the FSW at 7 p.m. And then, yeah, you do have the Natural Born Killers the same night that Saturday at 10.30 p.m.
1: And we have Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez meet and greet Q&A at 10 a.m. that day. Oh, wow. Okay. And we also have uh, Ed's Women's Show. At 12 noon that day at the FSW arena. so
0: you might as well should just get there at 10 and plan to leave at midnight just be there the whole day oh Why yeah there, there's not? no doubt we're <laughs> gonna have to get food truck we're working on that having food trucks or, or
1: you know yeah seeing if you know I, I might you know I might have to uh, cook up some food you know <laughs> make make some dollars right. on, the, uh, on on the food because there's not a lot of time between shows you know what I mean
0: oh not at all Wow. And, and then mm-hmm. we got
1: Joey show Sunday, AEW's Sunday. And right. then for the wrestlers, we just announced a Juventud Guerrero seminar on Monday evening.
0: I saw that.
1: <laughs> yeah, hit me up. Right. He's like, oh, I'm going to be in town. I guess he's doing a DJ set downtown. Oh, okay. So he's going to be around. So who knows? Right now he might even be a surprise Uh I have to talk to him. Maybe we'll get him to do a run-in uh, in the scramble match.
0: Right. The juice is running loose. <laughs> wow. Man, that's crazy. Man, well, you know what? There's a lot going on that particular weekend. And this, I mean, coming up, I mean, like we just talked about the Legends Rise. That one is on Thursday as well. Even if you can't be at none of these shows because you're not in Vegas, that's, again, where, you know, Fight Plus comes in, where you'd be able to watch. I'm assuming they're all—all three, four of these shows will be on Fight Plus.
1: Yeah, and the and the Ed's Women's Show, since we're producing it for them. Okay, you know Joey and the crew—they're going to do all the production. So they figured, hey, let's get it on. So it's like, sure. So we got literally one, two, three, four, five events of ours will be on one Thursday, three Saturday, and one Sunday.
0: Wow, That's a lot of work, man. Staying busy, <laughs> absolutely. And then, of course, after all this is over, it's back again to the big show on on uh, June eighteenth, the yep. anniversary show.
1: Yeah, you know that well, that one's huge. You know, the the by the time this airs, the the matches uh, should be announced this weekend. So okay. you know, I, I held off because we had, you know. Brett and GCW love the dude, but he's very difficult to 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 tie down. Like, I'll get a message. His favorite two letters, yo. So I see it on the Facebook. I hit him up, "What's up?" And then I wait five hours, and then he and it's like it says he's active now. Like, bro, we're trying to get this done. It's like the show's in two weeks, right? And it was like he's like, "Hey, let's do this." I'm like. Because two days earlier, it was, all right, we're doing it today. I'm like, no, it's in 12 days. We got to set flights home, the hotels. I need to know who we're using. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do it later today. Give me 20 minutes. So 45 minutes later, I'm like, hey, can I give you a call? Nothing. Radio silence for the entire day. Then finally hits me up the next day. Like, hey, uh, let's do this. So my response is, Oh, okay. Let me call him. Goes right to voicemail. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> and then two minutes later, he messaged me back. Oh, yeah, let's do it through the text first, blah, 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 blah. And then he gave me questions like, hey, you know, who are your tag teams? So, you know, I lobbed, I said, Swap Basito Sky High, the Faction guys are the champs, blah, blah, blah. So he got confused. And then he was like, well, we got the Mazazos. What about them versus the Suavecitos? I'm like, I thought you said you wanted them rest of the tag champs. Oh, I thought they were. So he got confused. So then he actually called me. And yep. then we were able to bang it out because now he had nowhere to go. Like, when he's <laughs> there, he's probably drifting into his seven other conversations. Right. It's like, dude, like, when I'm talking to somebody, I try to, like, finish the conversation and move on. Or, you, you know, you can talk to two people at a time but I'm not going to blow you off for 15 minutes waiting for an answer to go talk to that guy. Right. So thank God he called me because then it still took 30 minutes. And then it was like, Oh, well I got Yamashita because initially I wasn't thinking about the another women's match on the show.
0: Yeah.
1: And Maz was the only other option of our roster that I would use because it's a combination of things. When I'm booking FSW GCW, I'm trying to reward the people who have done things and have helped me out through the years. So as good as a younger guy might be, I'm not going to put that guy in and leave off a guy like Jacob Austin Young, who's been with me for 12 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously you got to be an upper echelon talent, but I'm going to make sure that certain guys are on the show. Like, even Funny Bone I would have had on that show because we know he's that hardcore guy, or Cody. But Cody's fucked up. He can't even wrestle. Right. Like, you know, what hardcore match we could have had Cody or Funny Bone in? But Funny Bone's going to be out of the state. Cody's messed up. So, Maz, we know, likes to bleed, so she was the perfect option for Yamashita.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And, and it's a great match for her because, you know... She's been doing a lot outside FSW. She did the, the recent uh, feud she did with Viva. But she really hasn't been around a lot. But she's been very loyal to us for a long time. Yeah. And if I can give her an opportunity to have a, a big-name match, I will try my best to do it. Just like uh, we have Jordan Oliver now wrestling Jacob Austin Young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I put Jacob Austin Young in with Davey Richards last year. And to me, that was the best match I saw all year in FSW. So, you know, between Greg Sharp, Jacob Austin Young, Jay Vidal, you know, Matt Vandergrift, you know, the list goes on and on about what mm-hmm. great talent we have.
0: Yeah. When you when you work with a promotion like GCW, is it very easy to, to I guess, work out whose wrestlers are going to kind of come out on top it seemed like that's kind of a, a tricky thing because it seems like, um, I guess they it, it's always the forbidden door. So, and, and the one that's I guess have more of a, um, a a name or position, you would think they're the ones that would have their talent always come out on top. It was, it's, I'll tell you this, it's probably one of the things that used to kind of annoy me back when, um, you know, AW was doing this with Impact Wrestling because it didn't matter what, it just seemed like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: they, they got smashed.
0: Yeah, you know, but do you find yourself, you know, in, when you're in these positions that you guys work together and say we can figure out a way where we're not smashing one's, you know, top champion over someone who shouldn't win over them or whatever? Or is it or is that really just a is that a challenge just in general? It's
1: funny because when we first sat down for FSW versus GCW, the first one we did SummerSlam weekend in 2021, mm-hmm. I was under the impression. That it was a joint show. I'm like, hey, you want to do a joint show? Right. Oh, yeah, we could do that. So, I thought it's a joint show. That means you put up half the money. I put up half the money. Mm. We figure out the card. We split the door. All that great stuff. Right. So, I told him, uh, you know, Cody wanted that match with Nick Gage. Yep. Well, Nick Gage was only going to work a tag match, according to Brett. Okay. So... That's where I got Funny Bone, and then he got AJ Gray, and that match came together. Okay? Uh, I wanted to do Jay Vidal versus Effie, which had never been done before. Okay. And we were going to do – that was kind of the plan. Then we were going to do a Lava Lounge with Disco Inferno with Ricky Morton because Ricky Morton was in town wrestling the show on the Friday night for GCW. Mm Mm-hmm. Then it turned out that he had a booking in North Carolina on that Saturday. So, you know, Disco got pushed to the side. So when I presented Jay Vidal versus Effie, uh, Brett said, well, what about Disco versus Effie? I'm like, well, I know Disco uh, isn't very well liked in the LBGTQ community. Right. And – we, we did announce the match, and it got more likes, more dislikes, more views, more comments than any match on the show. Wow. Okay? Yeah. And Disco came out. Oh, I can't believe Effie's going to wrestle him and blah, 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 blah. Right. And we end up, Disco comes out. He cuts the promo. Effie answers back. The crowd's hot. Effie wins. Crowd goes crazy. Yeah. It was the most heat and probably not the best match for sure on the show, but <laughs> to them it was the best match on the show. Sure. And it was over as over can be. And I remember Disco came back. It was like, hey, man, I didn't ever knew, man, this guy cuts a really good promo. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. You right. know? And the funny thing was, other than that, Brett let me book everything. Mm. which I thought was kind of, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, hey, with your team FSW, GCW, he's like, oh, here are the guys. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to have, I even forgot on our team. I know Braves was on team FSW. I know Sharp was. I know Jimmy Lloyd was on the other side. I couldn't even tell you at this point who was was on that show. You know what I mean? And it was like, I put together all the matches, and Brett never said who's going over on anything. I nice. made every decision on that show.
0: Nice. okay. And
1: I made the decision because I'm going to make it fair. Like, right. hey, I'm going to make it FSW 8 and GCW 0. <laughs> right. <So laughs> why, why would anybody want to do that again? And I think we split it up yeah. four and four. So then at the end of the show... Brett was like, oh, you know, hey, get everybody's PayPal or emails or whatever and send them the money. This guy's this. And he gave me a whole listing of the breakdown stuff. And it was like it wasn't a joint show. It was like, oh, so instead of doing a joint show, it was our show. And and instead of them paying to use the ring and our crew, Mm -hmm. that was the exchange of using our guys. I had to pay Mm -hmm. for their guys sure but i didn't have to i didn't have to go in a third on the flights or anything
0: right yeah okay so we,
1: that was the wash and fsw got the gate out of it got gotcha. and we got the pay per view money which mm. was actually one of the best pay per views we've ever done on on fight tv at the time got gotcha. you so gcw2 it's a little bit similar well it's a lot similar
0: yeah. but
1: you know we got everything in in hand in first place but he actually had the ideas of the matches Okay. And we actually did work that, hey, what about this? Yeah. We were talking about Van Griff and Damian Drake against the Mazizos. And mm. then it was like, okay, well, we're trying to do this Team FSW, GCW type thing. And it was like, well, I wanted uh, Gringo Loco and Matt Van Griff and Cartwheel and a lot of those flippy guys. Sure. <laughs> as Brett calls him, as Sin calls him. Right. So it was like, well, we added Bodie because on our end, he's the high flyer of, in that match to yeah. go along with the other two. And then we got Cartwheel, Gringo Loco, and uh, who's the other guy offhand? Alec Price. So okay. now we got a really good six-man out of it. I pitched Maz for Yamashita. Okay. Uh, Brett was cool with that. Then we went with. Uh, he was talking. Hey, you know, it would be a great match. It would be Oliver versus Gregory Sharp. And it was like, well, they're two champions. Neither one wants to lose to the other guy. Blah, blah, right. Blah. But, right. Well, whether they want to, we don't want them to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure, yeah. Oliver's defending his title the next day. You know, we're doing all non-title matches. So, right. but would rather stay away. So. I ended up having Oliver work Jacob Austin Young because he he didn't know Jake very well. He was like, well, who's one of your best guys? I'm like, well, that would be a really good match. Yeah. Because, you know, Limelight had mentioned his interest in working a Jordan Oliver. Uh, But then I saw Titus was available and put Titus in the match. Okay. And then we're going to do, as I said, the faction. But they had asked me, Fresco, a couple weeks ago. He goes, Hey, are we doing anything that AEW weekend? I'm said, I'm not sure yet. I haven't talked to Brett. You know, because we gotta it's mixing and matching. It isn't like, oh, well, you you're better than him, you're getting the spot. It's like, hey, I need a heel, I need a baby face. This is what I need for the show. So I was surprised. So now that we only got two. So initially I got a message from Watson. He because I believe he's the AWF champion in Arizona. So okay. I know they weren't the tag guys anymore. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll have Fresco. Because Fresco had asked me a week earlier if we're going to be needed. And I said, I'm not sure yet. I haven't talked to Brett. So I thought I assumed that meant that he was going to be there. So we had three guys, and it was perfect for me to add Sharp into the mix because you okay. would have the heavyweight tag team and Nevada State champions all in one match right? in a four-on-four. Four. And then all of a sudden, Fresco was like, oh, I'm booked that day. And I was like, dude, you asked me. If you were going to be needed. Well, right. you said you weren't sure, so I figured that meant no. Well, right. if it was no, I would say no, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm not trying to sugarcoat. Yeah, and like, oh, well, let me see. And then the answer is really no. It's like, right. you know, I wasn't sure. So it's just like that. So, And then we have a scramble match. Uh, as of right now, it's Remy Marcel. Okay. Uh, Starboy Charlie. And there's a couple others that we're looking to add into the mix. So, but we're pretty much set on everything. First row sold out. Second second row, where we usually do the ones in front of the bleachers, which is yeah. 15. Now we're doing 70 second row, as well as 70 front row. And basically, we got three second row left out of that. And then we're going to be squishing motherfuckers in the, uh, in the bleachers, no doubt about that. Yeah. And then in the back corner, we might do like 30 standing room only if that's what's necessary. Sure, you know I've always said we, you know, you never sell out. There's always a spot to stand. <laughs> you know, right? We'll put a monitor outside, like uh, when WWF at Madison Square Garden they used to overflow oh, yeah. it into the built forum. Go watch it on the big screen.
0: <laughs> hey, I remember that. Wow. Well, you may have to do that, man, because it's a pretty tight card you guys have lined up. So I'm. Yeah, I'm a- we, we we didn't get the
1: sales quick enough on that because we got the initial sales. But oh, okay. because we weren't able to put the matches out a month in advance like we were the, the first time. OK. We had actually discussed actually doing that show because we've been talking with the people at the uh, I guess it's now called the oh, the, well, it's the Sahara Event Center, I guess where Big Valley used to run. They gutted that whole place. Now it seats like 2,500 people. Oh, wow. But right now they only have an event license for 21 and over. So that kind of takes away a little bit from us. Right. But the idea was if we knew we could get more people in there, we would. And I'm pretty sure we would have upped the budget and brought in even bigger names, you know, Matt right. Cardone is around, but you know he's not affordable to use at the f s w arena. you, you <laughs> sure. know what I mean yeah, but having him against a against a hammer hammerstone would have been fantastic. you know, Joey could have worked with a lot of different other people,
0: oh yeah, yep.
1: so but that's the exciting part, you know, doing that the day to day it gets boring, it gets annoying. You're dealing with kids that sometimes just don't get it. Like these are monster shows. These these are big time. You yeah. know, this is this is what gets me excited about running the company.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense, man. When you when you when you got a, when you got cards just strong and and people wanting to see it. I mean, this is what it's about, man. This is this is pro wrestling. You know, I'm curious how do how do you decide to rent out uh, between the Silverton and uh, Samstown. How do you decide which venue? And another, and the second part of that question is, I, I remember one time I I was there watching, I want to say it was Impact, but it could have been ROH. This was a couple of years ago, and then you had Mecca. Also, I think the the night after or so, yeah. At I was after uh, Ring of Honor, yes. Ring of Honor, okay. But then for the ROH, they had risers that were up, and in your show, it was just flat seating what's the decision that makes you you know go into the seating out outlay into that and and the choice between the Silverton and Samstown like how does that work
1: okay uh let me start with the samstown thing because we went there first yeah uh we went there first and there's a guy who does concerts and does stuff at the clark county uh parks Brian saliba and i I knew he did some stuff so I sent them some information about what our bar and food tabs were doing at Samstown. Mm-hmm. Cause I, he had something to do with some midget wrestling, I believe, at Silverton one time. Okay. So I, I talked to him on the phone and he thought he can get us some money to go to the Silverton. I'm like, I'm not gonna turn down five thousand dollars to do a show. Sure. You know, he got his cut out of the deal, fifteen percent that the Silverton paid and we had a deal to run four shows. Okay. So they gave us twenty grand and we brought in good people, but we We didn't have to sweat about making money, having to deal with anything here. The tickets are out and you're buying them through the Silverton. No big deal. And we did good the first show. And then we did really good the second show. And then the third show, I believe was like Memorial day weekend. And it was kind of like, can we move the date? Oh no, we'll be fine. Blah, blah, blah. And we didn't really do as well. And then we did a fourth show, which did all right. Uh, And at that point, Silverton was giving us money, so we mm. took a hiatus from Samstown. Town. Got you. Because Samstown initially was giving us the room for free also. Got you. So we got the room. There was a lady, Chrissy. She moved on to the Mesquite, uh, the Casablanca, and that's how we ended up doing shows in Mesquite because they okay. paid us to do shows there. <laughs> okay. And the thing was, I'm the one who negotiated with Ring of Honor. I talked to... Gary Juster, uh, he was running the events and they did their first anniversary show, if you remember, mm-hmm. at the ballroom in New Orleans.
0: I do remember. I was at okay. that show.
1: Yeah. And the scum wrestled, I remember, was Jimmy Jacobs and Adam Page in the pre show match. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I hit him up. I said, Bro, we have this great venue we use. And it's the same ownership, but it's different people. So if I'm dealing with you, to go to Samstown, I got to deal with that guy. So you're not going to say, hey, why don't you go go over to Samstown? Because you're making money for the Orleans. Right. So I go up to him, and I, and his name is Gary, who ran the one at the Samstown. I'm like, Gary, uh, you know. And he knew of everything that was going on at the Orleans. And they were complaining about the pricing because they had to rent the trussing. And they had to rent the room. And they had mm-hmm. to rent this. And it's like, dude, Samstown's got its own dressing rooms. It's got its, its – it's a whole – it's the best, it's one of the best venues in town. Right. So needless to say, Gary, this is Gary. Gary, this is Gary. They negotiate the deal. Ring of Honor will now be the exclusive West Coast. Or Samstown will be the exclusive West Coast home of Ring of Honor. Okay. So it's great for us because they do Friday, Saturday. I decided the first year we did uh, a show at the Silverton, pride, honor, respect. We used four or five Ring of Honor guys. It was the worst attended show, a casino show we had that year. The next year, before we did it, I talked to Brian Cage, and then that's how we got Callahan and Keith Lee and Harry Smith and Rob Mm -hmm. Conway and Bubba Dudley, and we had all these guys, and that's when the Mecca was created. Gotcha. And we did it the Sunday after. I was selling tickets in Samstown during Ring of Honor shows, handing out flyers, selling tickets with my square for the event. Then, after all the money they made from Ring of Honor, instead of saying, Hey Joe, we want to thank you. Here's a comp anytime you want for the steakhouse, it was, Well, you know, you guys aren't paying. And the upper upper management is like, Well, we made so much money off these guys, and it's like, Yeah, I brought you these guys, motherfucker. Right. Like, well, where's the thanks? This right. is, if it was old Vegas, I'd be the king of that Sam's town.
0: Right. <laughs> Instead,
1: it's like, well, we got to charge you. And then he started charging
0: uh, because,
1: it, believe me, it wasn't free. We had a $3,000 food and drink guarantee. So there right. were times we did 2600 We had to give him $400. When we did Matt Hardy versus Brian Cage in the TLC, we did $5,000. Nobody kicked us back any money. Yeah. But it, it was what it was. Then it became you got to pay for the room. Oh, you got to pay a little more for the room. Oh, you got to pay a little more for the room. And then that was one was like you know what we're going to go to the Silverton. We kind of had a falling out. Oh, we want you to come back because I was we still set up the ring the third year for Ring of Honor. It's like we'd love to come back, but you got to give us a good deal, right? Like you're 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 pricing us out. We're not a national company that's going to pay you thousands and thousands of dollars, right? So in reality, it's playing one against the other and negotiating the best deal. It's like now the silver nugget, the entire event center is now coming to the equation. The silver. Okay. Yeah. The Silverton is charging us a little more than I want to pay, but we have to go in there and we got to show our value. And if we show our value, now we can negotiate something. Right. Like We're fortunate because the last show we did at the Silverton was 2019. It was no escape. Impact sent us Alberto Del Rio and Moose and we filmed it for them and they aired it on impact and new management took over at Silverton and I'll never forget the lady. Her name was Jackie. And her response was, well, this is, they didn't even want us to do a show. We had a contract for three shows. We only had done two. We had postponed the other one. Okay. And she goes, well, no offense, but we're not interested in doing these types of shows. After we put 900 people in the place which was the biggest show we ever did at the Silverton, the food and beverage manager came up to me and Rocky to tell us how great it was because the night before they had one of their shit local bands that they actually have to pay and had a bar and they didn't even ring a thousand dollars up at the bar and they had to pay them here. (laughs) You rang up $5,000 and you didn't pay us. Wow. So they were excited because our show was the only one over the last month that made any money. And then the lady had the nerve to say, well, we don't want to do these types of shows anymore. And my response, and I quote, was, what types of shows do you mean? The ones that actually draw people? <laughs> you know, it's like, are, are you serious? And we were done. Right. And, and after the pandemic, I, I hit him back up. I'm like, oh, who's in charge of entertainment? They said, Jackie. I'm like, yeah, fuck the same person right yeah we we got we got no shot so then after the pandemic they weren't really doing anything anyway the Silverton,
0: yeah
1: then like a year later i hit them back up probably early last year and i said oh who's in charge of uh, entertainment they're like uh jamie but he's not in right now and i'm like he's not in right now yeah jamie and they gave me the last name yeah I'm like, really? And then we had a conversation. And they priced us out because they weren't doing anything. And then I touched base again a year later. I'm like, hey, you know, the pandemic's, you know, we're a year and a half out. I see you guys are starting to do some shows. We were lucky. He was one of the main security guys when we did that show in 2019. So he was always fond of our product. So he gave us a better deal. You know, obviously, I wanted this deal. Yeah, he gave me this deal, which was still better than that deal, which is what they initially had said. So they gave us a break, and we're going to try to make it work. Yeah, and the idea we learned that when we would do a show, because one time we had to do the mecca at the uh, uh, the West Side Cannery, because there was something going on at Samstown, and it was a different fan base. Because in Vegas, a lot of people transport through buses, right? You know, and Going from North Las Vegas area to the Silverton, what are you going to do? Five fucking buses and take three hours to get there? You got to really love this shit. That's right. So we always wanted that. Hey, now we're at Silver Nugget. We have that locked in. We know we got it. We got the price. We know what we have. And now we have a three-show deal to do at the Silverton.
0: Nice. Options on us. Yeah.
1: Give us a little better deal for two and three. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now with the Sahara event center, that's kind of flat in the middle of the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got three different spots to where we can do things. And again, you know, the event center, Hey, you know, I'm not going to do a show at your place. If I get a better deal at the Silverton, because they right. have a hotel there, yeah. they're an event place that where people, that was always the issue with Samstown and doing it at our school or doing it at the Silver Nugget. Mm-hmm. You know, you could drink, you could gamble, you know, you could go to nice restaurants. It was a night out when you went to Silverton or Samstown. Right. Silver Nugget is is still, you know, it's that dingy 70s old school boxing feel and the arena's fine and everything, but it's a different atmosphere compared to Samstown where people use it as a night out with the family. Hey, we'll drop the kids off. We can go gamble. We can go eat at one of 10 different restaurants. Right. And that helps us. And it's, it's getting it out there. The marquee at Samstown is great, but the one at the Silverton's better because it's right on the highway. How many thousands of cars pass every day? That's so right. we're going to have a 30 second video. Now in 30 days, I know they rotate videos, but I guarantee you, you're going to see that video a bunch of times. So you're talking 100,000 people at least are going to see that there's a wrestling show right there. Right. Yeah. And we can't market the way we used to. We can't go on Monday Night Raw and put on a commercial because everybody watches it later on on DVR. Right. Yeah. Or they watch it on Peacock. Nobody watches it on Cox Cable (laughs) anymore. Right. But now Cox Cable, instead of three hundred for the commercial, they want six hundred because they gotta make up their ad revenue because nobody wants to add to run ads. Right, yeah. So I'm paying more money for less viewership.
0: Yeah. So makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it's 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 always there's always a hurdle that you have to, you know, jump over. Yeah. And then there's another one waiting for you. <laughs>
0: That's how it works, man definition of life it seems well yes, sir it looks like we um as we just kind of wrap up I'm just gonna kind of wrap everything so everyone really can uh get the idea of what's going to be happening uh within a week now we we know aw will have their dynamite here uh that Wednesday and I think they're doing a rampage taping on the 24th and then of course they're double or nothing but with all these fans that's going to be in town for that you definitely want to support Independent Wrestling, which is going to be going down this entire week. Starting off, Legends Rise. That's going to be Thursday, May 25th, 7 p.m., FSW Arena. You definitely want to see that one for sure. Then we skip over to Saturday. Now, you got Blackjack Rumble. That one's going to be 3 p.m. You got FSW versus GCW 2. That's at 7 p.m. And you got Natural Born Killers at 10.30 p.m. And then we found out early on that Saturday we're gonna have uh, Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. They at ten a.m. in the morning, and then there was one more noo- at noon, right? Um,
1: yeah, Ed,
0: Ed in San Antonio presents Potter Potter Cinco Potter Cinco. Okay, that's right, and that's gonna happen at twelve. So just plan for Saturday to hang out at the FSW Arena. Look, that's right. Yeah, I mean this is it's gonna, gonna be right. a lot of fun. Yeah, we're gonna have cots
1: you can rent for twenty bucks.
0: <laughs> there you go. And then of course Sunday, um, they're going to have the um the Sunday show. Oh, go for broke. That's gonna happen yes. at PM. If you go to that show, you're gonna be
1: broke after spending money on all the other shows. <laughs> you have to go to that show,
0: that way you can go for broke. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that would be the show you want to check right before you uh, you go to uh, uh, Double or Nothing. And then, of course, June 18th, um, you're going to have the uh, 18th anniversary uh, show at Silverton. So there is a lot going on. Joe, you got some final words, man, you want to tell folks out there?
1: Yeah, come check out these shows, man. If there's, there's great talent. You know, a lot of times... Maybe the arena shows don't do as well because you're seeing a lot of similar talent. And, hey, it's an easy show to miss because FSW runs a bunch of shows. Here you're going to be seeing some fresh talent, some of the best in the game, up-and-coming superstars that you might not have seen yet. And they're going to be there Thursday. They'll be there at GCW Friday. All the shows Saturday. My son's show Sunday. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're still going to have your favorites. You know, Joey's main event is Hammerstone. Uh, Tito Escondido and Juicy in a triple threat match. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, be there. You know, I'm, I'm starting tomorrow. You know, I got a week. I'm going to get on the horn. I'm going to figure out a way to have uh, food and beverage available for everybody during the show. You know, one thing we've always neglected. But, you know, however we can get it done, whether it's pizzas, hot dogs, maybe we can bring out a grill and somebody cooks burgers for five bucks <laughs>
0: sure you
1: know we, we we've always done that in the past so we'll see we're, we're definitely gonna make it worth your while come on down Saturday you're gonna have the opportunity to meet some of your favorite wrestlers also yeah so it's gonna be a it's gonna be you know a, a great weekend and to me it's the biggest weekend in Vegas wrestling yeah because it's GCW aew and it's us yeah. so you know there's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Five days.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And if for some reason you just can't uh make it, that's where Fight Plus comes in. Eight dollars. Eight dollars uh, for the whole month. For the whole month. So we got you set up. Yeah, so and you can watch G
1: C W show from Friday night then on Fight Plus also. Oh yeah. From the Silver Nugget. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We got you covered, folks. Just want to make sure you lock in all of those dates. Well, until then, Joe. Look, man, it's been fun. I don't know when I'll get this opportunity again because Mr. Matt Michaels is going to come back and kick me off, I'm sure. But it's been it's been exciting, and I'm I'm hoping to see you at uh, one of these shows myself coming up. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All right, y'all. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care and peace.